You're listening to the Sunday Sermon from Cardington Church of the Nazarene in Cardington, Ohio. If you need prayer, encouragement, or support, please don't hesitate to reach out. As always, our website and email are in the show notes. We serve a great God, and it's my hope that He speaks to you through the sermon today. If I was to ask you the question, what is true about you? Would you have an answer? I think we mostly have answers, right? We know ourselves pretty well. If someone asks you uh, something about yourself, right? That's a common thing we, we come across when we're in groups of people, new people we don't know as well, or at church things or events. They, well, tell me something about yourself, right? We all have answers that we say. Uh, there are some things that I believe to be true about myself, that I've always believed to be true about myself. And I know things change. I'm aware things things change. We we turn into uh, different people. We learn things and and we grow. But some things about us uh, don't change. Uh, if you if you ask me what my favorite food is, you probably you might, some of you might know the answer: chicken noodles. And and, and praise the Lord that you guys know that because that means whenever there's a potluck, there's chicken noodles there. And I'm happy about that. But also, the same is true for you. I'm sure if I ask you what your favorite food is, most of you have an answer for that. Uh, most of us have uh, that. But the opposite's also true. If I ask what food you don't like. Most of you have an answer for that as well. And this is one thing I've always considered absolutely true about myself. For as long as I can remember, absolutely, truly, I don't like raw tomatoes. I never have liked raw tomatoes. My family's here. They can attest to the fact that I didn't really eat vegetables growing up, didn't really like any of them, okay? Uh, but as I've grown up uh, and as I have matured and tried new things, right, I have learned to like vegetables. Sometimes I even crave certain vegetables. Never thought that would be the case, but it's true, right? But there's still one that I just don't like, and there's more than one, but the one that has always been true for me is tomatoes. I don't like tomatoes, raw tomatoes. Don't get me wrong. I like salsa right? I like chili with tomato sauce. I like uh, stewed tomatoes and pasta sauce and pizza. I like things that tomatoes make. I just don't like raw tomatoes, right? I don't, I might not be alone here. I don't think I'm alone here. Yeah, it's not, they're, they're just not good, right? But that's always been true for me. And a story came to mind that I was thinking of about tomatoes, how when even from the young age and to now, I've always not liked them. I was at my grandpa's house, my mom's dad, and he has a garden. And I was young. I couldn't have been much more than five years old. And he had been in the garden and he had picked some cherry tomatoes and they were really cool. And he was, and I asked him, well, what are those? He said, oh, these are, these are cherry tomatoes. And I thought, that's interesting. I said, is it like a tomato? And he said, well, it's like a, it's a cherry tomato, right? And he wasn't telling me that it was just like a tomato, but I was interested in it because it was like a new, I'd never seen anything quite like it. He said, why don't you try one? I said, well, is it, does it taste like a tomato? And he, and he never said, no, it doesn't taste like a tomato. He just said, it's a cherry tomato. You'll like it. It's a cherry tomato. And so eventually I was convinced by my grandpa, because he would surely not lead me astray, that the cherry tomato was this special kind of sweet, wonderful tomato that probably tasted more like a cherry than a tomato. And I, and I put it in my mouth and I took a bite. And as soon as the juice came out, I knew that I'd been lied to. And this was just a little tiny tomato, right? And I ate it and I didn't like it. And he laughed and I was mad, but I probably laughed. And, and, and it's true. I, I just don't like tomatoes, right? But, but something happened to me. And I hate to even say it. I don't want people to know. I've always thought this was true, but Kirsten and I had a meeting a couple weeks ago in Mount Vernon with the DS, and we knew that we had that meeting, so we planned to go for lunch to our favorite sandwich shop in Mount Vernon after that meeting. And I love this place. It's called Dave's Cosmic Subs. I don't know if any of you have ever been there, but if you haven't, it's very good. Uh, it's a sub shop. They have wonderful sandwiches, and they put this garlicky sauce on it. It's really good. We love it, okay? And we get this sandwich called the Crazy Dave. I know, I know. 
But it's really good. It's got all these wonderful Italian processed meats, and it's got this sauce on it, and it's great. And so I ordered mine without lettuce and tomato, because lettuce, I, I, I don't really like that either. I can take it or leave it. But tomatoes specifically, I cannot have tomatoes. And Kirsten got her Crazy Dave normal. And so we were just talking and waiting, and they brought out the sandwiches to us, and they handed hers, and they said, this is the one with tomatoes, this is the one without tomatoes. And we sat, and we ate the sandwiches. And I ate half of my sandwich, and she had eaten half of her sandwich, and she looked at it and said, there's no lettuce and tomatoes on my sandwich. And I said, that's weird. They must have not put it on either of them. They must have just given neither of us lettuce or tomatoes until I looked at my sandwich. There's tomatoes on my sandwich. And what made it worse is that I liked the sandwich. It was so good. And I didn't even know not to like it until I realized that I was eating Kirsten's sandwich and not mine. And so we did switch, right? I gave her the second half of her own sandwich and she gave me the second half of my own sandwich. But I hate to say, I would order it again with the tomato on it probably. I I truly, until that moment, I believed that I hate tomatoes. I hate raw tomatoes and I still think I do. I'm pretty sure. But Maybe I don't. I don't know, right? But that's, that, that's what's true. That's what's funny is sometimes what we believe to be true isn't always true. Sometimes, uh, the things that we think uh, are absolutely positively can never change do. And that's the case with us. That's the case with our personalities. But it's also the case with things even like science, right? There are things that for years and generations people believed were one way. And soon we found out that, well, actually what we believed is silly, and now we, we know for, out, for a fact, oh, the earth is no longer flat. It never was. It's actually round, but now we know that, right? And there are things that people have believed for generations and years and decades and centuries uh, that, that aren't uh, what they thought they were. There is no absolute truth in humanity. Humanity, uh, humans, uh, things change. Uh, we get things wrong. We understand things wrong. We uh, mature and grow. Things are never always True, but there is an absolute truth in the world, and that is what our scripture is about today. There is the absolute truth that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is something that doesn't change, will never be manipulated or changed. Jesus Christ is Lord. And we're going to read today in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 to 21, and Peter talks about uh, the legitimacy of Jesus Christ who he is, and how what he says he would do, what he did, and what, he, uh, and what he's done for you, that's real and legitimate and undeniable, and it does not change. It is always true. So we're going to read 1 Peter 1, 16. I'm sorry, 2 Peter. 2 Peter. I think I might have said it right the first time. 2 Peter 1, 16 to 21. It says this, For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but... We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from majestic glory, saying, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven and when we were with him on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. And you will do well to pay attention to it as a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is in 2 
Peter. This is Peter's words uh, in the second letter. It's to uh, a grouping of churches. And what we read here leads us to believe that the context of what was going on in that time was that there were people, and in fact, uh, later in Second Peter, it talks about some of the false prophets and some of the false teachers that had come along and started teaching uh, sneaky things that weren't true that people had started to believe. So we, we believe that that's what's going on. There are false teachers and false prophets teaching and that people who believe in Christ, who know the story of Jesus Christ, had started to maybe uh, wonder if that was true, if what they had believed was no longer true, but that these new things, that these new uh, things that false teachers were teaching were. That is where this comes to us. And it's a little bit confusing, I understand, but it starts out with, we, we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you, but instead we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So Peter states, he understands that uh, you can't just take a man at his word who, who just says something. He wants him to know. He wants to qualify himself and say, I am an eyewitness to Jesus Christ. I saw his life. I saw his miracles that he performed. I was around with him. And he even references a time where he heard, uh, where he saw the glory of Jesus and he heard God say, this is my son whom I love in him. I am well pleased. If someone, uh, if someone tells you something happened, but they weren't actually there, it's a lot harder to believe uh, than someone who was actually there telling you that information. And Peter wants us to know he was there. He lived with Jesus. He saw what Jesus did. He saw the miracles of Jesus. He also saw the glory of God be revealed to Jesus on the mountain. They were there. They, these people were there. So, so we find ourselves, the church calendar as a whole, there's a church calendar that goes through seasons. This season we're in is it's called Epiphany. This is the last week of Epiphany, and it's called Transfiguration Sunday. And the Mount of Transfiguration, that is what Peter is referring to uh, when he says, I heard God in majestic glory saying, this is my son whom I love, in him I am well pleased. This is one of those stories that I believe we've all read before, and we've probably all heard before, but I wanted to go back and talk about it just a little bit. Um, all the passages uh, this week in the lectionary point to and talk about the Mount of Transfiguration. And so we're gonna read, I'm going to read that to you. It's in Matthew uh, chapter 17. It says this. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and took them up to a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down on the ground, terrified, but Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said, don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. This is an, a thing that happened for these three people, Peter, James, and John. Peter, the one who writes uh, the book we read today, but Peter, James, and John are the only three people who got to experience this time with Jesus. And it's kind of crazy for us to think about, right? Because what it's describing is Jesus physically changing, turning into light, bright light, his face and his clothes shining like the sun, physically undeniably changing in front of their very eyes. And then, also, people Figures that they know, characters, people that they uh, have read much from, right? Elijah, the prophet, and, and Moses, the law, the Ten Commandments. These people show up next to Jesus. 
And so Peter kind of gets ahead of himself, and, he, and he's so excited at what he's seeing, he can't hardly believe it, because imagine yourself in this situation. It's crazy. It's, it's, can, you, can you believe it? No one, no one would ever be able to tell me I didn't, get to, I didn't see what I had just saw. He gets ahead of himself and says, well, why don't I build... Why don't I build a shelter for all of you so you guys can all have your place and you guys can all do your thing? And before he even can go any farther, God realizes Peter's not getting the point and he stops in mid-sentence and says, listen to me, the one in the middle who's shining like the sun, this is my son who I love. I'm pleased with him. Listen to him. Moses represents the law, right? The Ten Commandments, the law that they believed. Elijah represents the prophets, all of the writings of the prophets. And Jesus Christ, the Lord, the one who God sent, fulfills both the law and the prophets. They no longer are the ones that we are to look at. Jesus is the one that we are to focus on. And God gave Peter, James, and John just a glimpse of the glory of Jesus that day. And no one else got to experience that. But from that day on, no one could ever tell them they didn't see that. They had something that no one else did to hold on to that was undeniable proof that Jesus Christ was Lord. Undeniable proof. They were eyewitnesses to Jesus' life, but also this special moment that no one else got to see. It's easier for us to maybe to, to picture, uh, to relate to things if we talk about uh, things that we understand, right? And so in the court system, we all know how that works. There's a lot of court dramas. Sometimes I watch them. I don't know if you guys do. It's interesting. I don't really know how true some of that is. But we know that an eyewitness account is important in a crime, right? If, if no one else saw it but one person, uh, one person saw everything, their account means a lot. Someone can be convicted solely based upon the eyewitness account of somebody. It's an important thing in the law. And, and, and there are things that happen where if multiple people see it and they're kept separate and they all say the same thing, it is basically proof that what they saw happened and no matter what the other person is saying. An eyewitness account is an important thing in, in, in judgment, right? In court. But an eyewitness account is just that. It's someone what they saw. It's what someone saw. And people still make mistakes and people still see the wrong thing sometimes. And so Peter knows that an eyewitness account might not be enough. Because in court, there's eyewitness accounts, but then there's DNA, right? And DNA, no matter what the eyewitness account says, if there's DNA that says one thing, that is what they go with. Because that can't be changed, it can't be, it can't be manipulated. What is there is there, and that is the truth, right? And so they follow DNA, uh, and a lot of times, most of the time, if it's working out right, the eyewitnesses point to uh, the same thing that the DNA does, right? But maybe there's some kind of uh, big thing, and, and maybe people are lying about their eyewitness accounts, but the DNA proves one thing. That's what matters, right? And so Peter knows that an eyewitness account is only as good as a human's word, and that's something that we can't always listen to. And so he says... Not only do you have my eyewitness account, I was there. I promise you what I'm saying is true. Also, we have more. We have something that's better than my eyewitness account. We have the prophetic message, the scriptures, the word of God that said over generations from many different people that Jesus would come. He was prophesied about hundreds and hundreds of times, hundreds and hundreds of years before he ever came, and Jesus fulfilled those prophecies. No one else has that going for them. No one else has the proof of the scripture. So he's saying that I saw it. I was there. We were there. I'm telling you, 
100%. I saw what I saw. Jesus Christ is Lord. You can trust me. And he went, uh, he was actually killed for his views, his beliefs, right? He was willing to die for what he knew was true because it was undeniable to him. No one could ever tell him that what happened on that mountain did not happen. But he knows that it's only as good as an eyewitness account. So we have scriptures. Prophets prophesied Jesus fulfilled. Jesus fulfilled the prophecies. It's undeniable. It's unchangeable. The stuff that was written before didn't get changed. Jesus fulfilled the prophecies. Hundreds and hundreds of them. They prophesied that he would be born in a manger in Bethlehem and that someone would come before him. John the Baptist came before and prepared the way. He was born in a manger in Bethlehem. Prophesied that he would, basically his whole life, right? And, and, and you can go back and you can check it. It's in there. I didn't want to get too into it because there's a ton of it, right? And I don't want to keep everybody here forever. Jesus fulfilled the prophecy. This is something uh, that's above my eyewitness account. The DNA of the case is that Jesus Christ is Lord. What he says he will do, he will do. What he says he did, he did. Jesus Christ is who he says he is. So today, obviously, all of you probably in some way or another, have some grasp, believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. Otherwise, you would not be here today. So I want you to be encouraged, and I want you to be confident that what you believe is true. Jesus Christ is Lord. It's undeniable. What you believe is true. Jesus Christ is Lord. But I don't want to be naive enough to assume that the way we feel now is how we will always feel. The way uh, that we know God is working in our lives right now, it's obvious and visible to us. I don't want you to think that it will always be like that. Because sometimes we might not have this, uh, we might have to, to, to lean on our faith. Sometimes it might not be as obvious to us that God is there. But I believe the story, the account of the Mount of Transfiguration has something for us, a parallel for us today. We might not always feel it, but Jesus is always there. During this time, right, when Peter, James, and John, they were, they were in awe with what they were seeing. They saw light. Imagine looking at someone whose physical appearance changed before your very eyes and hearing the actual voice of God. I cannot imagine what that must be like. They were so in awe, they fell on their face on the floor, terrified. This thing that they could never have even imagined happened, happened. But Jesus comes and, and touches their shoulder, and they look up, and, and the big production, the big, crazy, undeniable thing is over, right? Jesus is, is normal. No one else is with him. There's no booming voice of God. But they look up, and they see nothing but Jesus. Sometimes, when we experience God for ourselves, and it happens a lot, I hope it happens all the time. Sometimes uh, it happens uh, at church camps, it happens at revival services, or things that really hit home, right? We get excited about what God's doing, and we know without a shadow of a doubt, God is with us and working in our lives. And we always have that to hold on to, but the farther removed we get from it, the easier it is to write it off. And I'm sure even something the magnitude of this could have been that way. But even when it was over, Jesus was still there. He never left. 
Even when the crazy and the, the audacious and the, the, the grand stops, Jesus Christ is still Lord. You can count on it. You don't have to be ashamed of it. You don't have to be worried it's not true. Jesus Christ is Lord. He always has been and he always will be. And that you can count on. Jesus Christ is Lord. Be confident in what you've heard. Be confident in what you believe. No matter what someone else says to you, always have that moment where you know God was there and he will always be there. You can have confidence in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is Lord. My family is here. I decided to ask them if they would sing a song with me because we grew up doing that. So if they could come up and if Jane could come up. We're going to sing a song. All it says, it's a simple chorus. It's in the hymn book. You would like to sing along, you can. If you don't know it, it's fine. But all it does is state simply, he is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. So, so as we sing, my hope is that you're able to reflect on the fact that Jesus Christ is your Lord. He is Lord. He always will be. It will never change. The only place we're ever going to find absolute truth is through Jesus Christ. He is Lord. said you were and you will do what you said you will do and that we have eyewitness accounts and that we have scripture accounts and that we ourselves have experienced it God we pray that without a doubt beyond the shadow of a doubt no matter what we come across we would know 
and be able to share with anyone we see that you are Lord. God, we are so thankful for your love. So thankful for your grace. So thankful that you are our Lord. Give us confidence as we go out throughout this week. We love you so much. Amen. Amen. As you go this week, know beyond the shadow of a doubt and talk about to anyone you see that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yesterday, today, forever, it will always be the same. You're dismissed.